Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Rob and Shane. But since Shane still is missing in action, this will be the second episode of Real Talk with Rob and Derek. So, I'm Rob. I'm Derek. And we are back to basically pick up exactly where we left off. Last time, Derek and I decided we were going to talk about The Office. Um, today, we are going to take another journey into that world on the other side of things with... Parks and Recreation with Karen Filippelli. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll, I'll go with... <laughs> That's pretty good. Karen Filippelli. <laughs> Leave a message. <laughs> It's going to be that show. (laughs) It's going to be that type of show. (laughs) We're not going to get shit done. Okay, so um, if you guys listened to the last episode, you guys know, uh, like I said, Shane's currently missing in action. Um, We don't know where he is. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully he's watching Wonder Woman and appreciating women. Yeah, like maybe maybe this could be an alerting experience for him. (laughs) He needs a a time out. He does need a time out. He's created unnecessary heat in the business. Yeah, I mean... And you can't teach that. You, well, I don't think we're allowed to use those well. catchphrases anymore. <laughs> I've got over a million followers on Instagram. Okay. <laughs> so, oh. we'll just move away from that real quick and in a hurry. <laughs> Sorry. I'm DB all day one. <laughs> but, yeah, if you guys listened to the last episode, uh, Derek and I decided we were going to talk about our favorite episodes of The Office. And I think we did a really good job getting that narrowed down to a solid top ten. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we ended up with, what, nine total? Nine total. We went ahead and threw in our honorable mention to, to make it a solid 10. Yeah. So. I'm with you. Um, our goal was to actually do Parks and Recreation and The Office as one show, but we were kind of going along in that last episode, so we thought it would be easier to break it up for you guys. Um, well, I mean, other than us going, okay, well, this is number five. Well, this is my number five. That would have been a half hour. And yeah. then I mean, you, but you don't understand why there are top fives. Mm-hmm. And then... You got me laughing like a giddy girl over the murder mystery, and that took five minutes. So and Sometimes you just got to go to Savannah and figure out what's happening there. Oh, Savannah. <laughs> yeah, I figure we'll do exactly the same way, um, but Parks and Recreation. So, Derek, what's your history of Parks and Recreation? Um, I mean, I watched it from day one. Uh, <laughs> when the first episode came out, I mean, I was sitting right here watching it. Liar! It's not even true. Um, I had no idea about the show. Mm. I I think this podcast will get cut off early because what I'm going to say is going to hurt you a little bit. If there's two women in Hollywood I can't stand, Mm -hmm. it's Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. Well, Shane's missing in action. You're an asshole. (laughs) I guess we're officially done. (laughs) No, and I mean it's nothing against them. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't know why. I just, I didn't like them for a long time. And I, uh-huh. to be quite honest, I didn't give them both a, a fair chance, right. a, a fair shake. Um, you come by the house one day and was like, hey, watch this. Hey, of course, this sounds really familiar. It does. That's what I was going to say. I mean, Steph and I, you know, we trusted you with The Office and we binged it in three days. You bring us. Oh, a day shorter than The Office. No, that's what, wasn't it The Office? Yeah, The Office, right. The Office was four days. Yeah. Um, you bring us Parks and Rec. I wasn't on vacation for this one. So I think it took about a week. Oh, okay. With me working second shift, Steph, you know, working days. Once the weekend came around, mm-hmm. I don't think we had the, I think the kids were, you know, not at the house that weekend. 
We never left the TV. I think we ordered pizza and just binged watched Parks and Rec. Nice. Because we couldn't stop. It was a push to get through Mark Bendanowitz. Uh-huh. Once we got past that, we were good. You know, I'll even I'll even give him a little bit of some slack because in season two, he's okay. Season one is like The Office. It is. In and of it has six episodes and it has not found its footing. Right. I believe that The Office found its footing a little bit earlier mm-hmm. than Parks and Recreation did because Parks and Rec is is really good and. I'll even go so far as to say I think I actually do like it better as a TV show Ooh. as a whole more than I do The Office. Um, there's a reason for that. I know what your reason is. Yeah. But I'm, I, yeah I'll, I'll let um, you explain that one. My reason for that is just simply because other than the the delay that we got in the last season of Are We Getting in the Last Season? To me, Parks ended on a logical close, closing yeah. point. Yeah. It seems like it was... It was a little bit of a tighter show toward the end. You didn't lose your main character. Um, it had a, I think it had a really good payoff. All the characters, it seems like most of the characters in um, Parks and Recreation that stayed with the cast served a purpose. Yes. They weren't just kind of filler characters for filler episodes. It just felt like as a whole, Parks and Recreation just, was just more of a tighter show. Right. Right. And because you were talking about The Office catching its footing faster mm. that's what i give the one up to the office on basically parks and rec leaving like seinfeld left on top mm-hmm. is why i give them the one up on the other side i mean they're neck and neck in my right. eyes i i don't think i could pick a favorite i really don't there i mean don't get me wrong i do say if i if i like parks and recreation at a hundred percent the office is like 99 percent. Right. <laughs> right so it's it's very just a very a uh, small margin there to work with, but um, I mean, this is another twenty five percent of our child of our I wouldn't say childhood. <laughs> another twenty five percent of our humor is is straight out of the show. Yeah, and this show put I mean, as far as I'm concerned, put Chris Pratt on the map. Oh yeah, absolutely. Again, that's another one I kind of passed on, <laughs> passed it on to you guys after I had you know played in that this world and realized, hey, this is a very good. And you've heard me and Shane use this term before, but a uh, companion piece. Yeah, that's how I kind of see these shows. They work very well off each other because of the writing team, the directing team. So I'm just going to jump into the episodes. Okay. I, how, how many do you have on your list? I got five. You have five solid yeah, ones. You you go above and beyond. Okay. This one I um I ended up with six okay. episodes. Um, there's a reason I have six, and I do have an honorable mention. So technically, I do have seven episodes okay. to talk about with this one. My uh, honorable mention for this one is Hunting Trip. Okay, I'm with you. Um. The episode opens with Andy giving piggyback piggyback rides to everyone in the parks department. <laughs> Later, Ron, Jerry, and Mark look forward to their annual uh, trial survey, which is actually a yearly secret hunting trip. Determined to prove she can be just like one of the guys around the office, Leslie insists that the ladies of the parks department attend the trip this year, as well as Tom, who has never been invited. <laughs> Leslie asks April to check on a budgeting request while they are gone. What should be a chimp- simple chore, however, has April waiting on hold on the phone for hours. <laughs> when she desperately has to use the restroom, Andy agrees to wait by the phone. When she returns, the two start to bond by making up their own lyrics to the whole music, playing a non-water game of Marco Polo around the office and seeing who can make the best spit take. 
When Andy says he is jealous that his ex-girlfriend Anne is going on a hunting trip with Mark, April offers to give him a hickey to make Anne jealous. Andy accepts. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the others arrive at the cabin for the hunting trip. Leslie proves to be an excellent hunter and bags the first quill. Bula, bula, bula. <laughs> Growing increasingly agitated, Ron agrees to a challenge that Leslie cannot shoot more birds than he can, and they split up. After a few hours of hunting, Ron screams and the other rush to his side to find that he has been shot in the head. <laughs> <laughs> and a nurse takes Ron back to the cabin where he is absolutely furious, even though the injury is not serious. <laughs> I love that. He's like, Ron, you got to calm down. No, I'm going to be mad. I find it helps calm me. <laughs> Ron asks whether Leslie shot him, but she insists that she did not. Ron takes several pain pills and washes it down with scotch, which for forces Ann and Leslie to hold his mouth open to induce vomiting. The others discuss who shot Ron, and Tom creates a minor panic when he suggests perhaps an outsider is hunting. <laughs> <laughs> Ann takes Leslie aside, and she says she knows who shot Ron, and a few minutes later, Leslie admits to the group that she was the shooter, even though Ann knows this is not the case. A park ranger arrives to interrogate Leslie, implying that the accident is the result of her being a female. Leslie knows that she is a good hunter, but goes along with the ranger's sexist implications in order to appease him. Later, a bandaged Ron repeatedly berates Leslie, <laughs> prompting Ann to insist Tom come forward. Tom admits he shot Ron and that Leslie covered for him because he did not have his hunting license, which would have resulted in a $25,000 fine in prison time. Ron is impressed with Leslie, who he calls a stand-up guy. <laughs> <laughs> the episode ends in a get-well party for Ron, where Ann is unimpressed with Andy's hickey, and the whole party is horrified by Ron's head wound. <laughs> so that's one of the earlier episodes. I, um, I think it was in... Season two, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. But um, that one kind of falls into the um, the show's kind of finding its footing. Yeah. But the reason that it's my honorable mention, you see Ron as Ron. I yeah. feel like in the first time. Yeah. Like how he handles everything. Right. Like a crisis, how he handles being pissed off. Like just everything about his character. You see, even you see elements of Donna's character in that show. Right. Because, because her car gets shot. Her Mercedes and, gets shot. And that's her priority. Like, she screams bloody murder because her <laughs> car got shot. <laughs> so, that's my that's my honorable mention for this, season, or for this series. Well, I mean, I guess I actually have an honorable mention. Oh, okay. Because this got pushed off the list. I didn't think about it. It's actually the series finale. Okay. Just because... I have, there, there's somebody in the, in this, in this show that I love and I don't know why, but I love Jerry, Gary, yeah, Larry. <laughs> and, and you find out, I mean, the, I'm not looking at the synopsis. I'm just kind of going through, you know, everything that happens in the last episode. Uh -huh. uh, it, it fast forwards, I think a year to how everybody goes off. And then from there, it flash forwards pretty much. I think even Jerry goes all the way to his death. Mm -hmm, it does. And whoever Leslie touches, it, it shows, like, she shakes um, Craig's hand. Yeah. You find out Craig and Typhoon end up getting married, and they're like an underground adventure, mm -hmm. or underground train eating steak. But it, it goes to um, it goes to Gary, and he officially declared the mayor of Pawnee, holds the position for 10 terms, I guess it'd be 40 years, if they do four-year terms. Yeah. Um, before he passes away, Leslie and Ben are attending his funeral, secret service surrounding them, suggesting that one of them is becoming the president of the United States. 
Um, but to beat it all, Gary's tombstone is misspelled as Gary Gergich. Instead, <laughs> you know, I think it's G-E-R, and it's yeah. spelled in the tombstone G-I-R. Um, uh, same thing as, as the the uh, episode we did with The Office. I think this wraps up everybody perfectly. Yeah, well, it does. I mean... I hate a show that the last episode, you don't know what happens to everybody, because not the main characters, the ones I fall in love with, it's the cartilage characters it's the ones that hold the show together Mm -hmm. and this this doesn't let anything slip Uh i know i don't know how this how this show did uh ratings wise i'd say it was probably up there since it was the finale i know i read a couple articles that people were a little bit pissed off about it Mm. i don't see why yeah um a lot of people didn't like the time skip and it's funny because the reason that people complain about the time skip is it was actually um if they didn't do the time skip, you would have seen something that's been done in television shows countless times. Let's have a baby. Yeah. Um, Leslie gets pregnant at the end of, you know, season six. Um, I think there were seven seasons of the show, if yeah, I'm seven. remembering right. Uh, Amy Poehler did not want to do the typical let's have a baby storyline. Okay, gotcha. So they jumped ahead to already have the kids established and kind of out of the picture. So you could kind of like not only just, I mean, you know, you didn't want to just have the story about her trying to to balance raising children and, you know, pursuing her political agendas and career uh, motivations and goals. So that was a a part of it. But at the same time, um, they kind of like they thought it would be fun to jump ahead with some characters and see why these characters are where they're at. So that's the only like that's the only thing that came about you know that is that yeah it did get criticized but at the same time i think amy poehler was smart to do that absolutely absolutely because it doesn't follow the cookie cutter sitcom like you were talking about but yeah i mean that i i was just sitting here as you were talking that the finale it has to be my close number six just because of jerry gary larry (laughs) i love that's a thing where they just cannot keep his his name correct (laughs) I love that Donna goes so far out of the way to correct it. Yeah. Because she was always the soft one toward Jerry. Like, that's the thing about the show. You never understood why everybody hated Jerry. He's the most likable person on that show. I don't know if this is on your top five, but you also find out he is very well. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, even to the point to where that's the biggest one I've ever seen. (laughs) The doctor? Yeah. (laughs) I don't even know what's wrong with him. (laughs) I I was just staring at it. So okay, well that's that's a good that's a that's a very good honorable mention. I think um, I do wish the finale, like as far as comparing it to, I think the Office finale, uh, like I, I have problems with the show. Right. I think the the finale in and of itself is really good. Yes. I think it might be a better finale than Parks and Recreation. Mm-hmm. But as far as you know, straight storytelling, I still got to give that to Parks. Oh, I, I'm sorry, I'm doing the wrong thing. Gotcha. <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> Didn't think we'd get you. Okay, so um, I'll be surprised if any of our top fives are the same. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, um, here's the thing. Like, you know, I have a six, and or I, I have six episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of put my five and my six together. They they did not air back to back, but I know this. There's maybe a, there's a reason I put them together. Okay. Because I think, as far as the episodes, they do the exact same thing. Nope, I was wrong, man. They bring closure to not every character, but a set of characters in each show. Okay. So, 
Number six, the Johnny Karate Super Awesome Musical Explosion Show. It's a good show. It's a good. It's a good episode. The reason I picked this one is because, as far as characters go, if Ron is my favorite character, mm-hmm. Andy's that close second. Okay. Like, very close second. So much so that it's even hard to say Ron's my favorite. <laughs> wow. Um, but I think that this episode, especially for the ridiculous title again, the Johnny Karate Super Awesome <laughs> Musical Explosion Show, that wraps up not only Andy, but his relationship with April perfectly. Yeah, it does. So, uh, the episode starts with an introduction from Purd. Purd Hadley. Guys, one of my favorite side characters. The story about that guy is he's a guy on a TV show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, While Andy fake karate karate motions. After Andy tells the kids what the show is about, he goes on to sing a song. But finds that his guitar has been stolen. Changing his on-screen character to Burt Macklin, the show becomes a noir-style cop show where the chief confirms that Macklin is a loose cannon who gets results. Then handing Macklin... (laughs) <laughs> a clue to help him solve the case you good over there i'm good i'm good i'm just again just mentally playing the episode <laughs> macklin is determined to find the thief and make them pay the ultimate price force them to participate in the funky monkey dunk tape after the johnny karate show's opening andy tells the children that he is moving to washington dc and lists some of the some of the memorable places there he brings April out for April's Animal Corner, <clears throat> where she brought a Goliath bird-eating tarantula to show the kids. However, Andy has played hide-and-seek with the tarantula <laughs> er- earlier and never found it. The segment changes into loose animal in the studio with a long disclaimer attached that Andy doesn't bother to read. Andy introduces the five karate moves to success. One, make something. Two, learn something. Three, karate chop something. Four, try something new. And five, be nice to someone. Joining Carpenter Ron, Andy is shown that Ron is making a shadow box frame for display. <laughs> Andy attempts at a hug moment with Ron, which immediately fails, leaving him with no hug. He moves on to the second segment with Professor Smartbrain, played <laughs> by Ben, who is teaching geography today. He talks about how fast Andy can get to Washington, D.C. by plane, car, and train, but Andy are used at teleportation is faster. <laughs> uh, ben attempts to explain that teleportation is only theoretical and impossible. However, Andy tells the kids nothing is impossible, which causes Professor Smartbrain to argue with Johnny, and Andy counters with the boring buzzer. After this, Andy is joined by Mailman Barry, who brings him hundreds of fan letters and a special letter of his own to say goodbye to Andy. However, before Barry can finish reading it, Andy interrupts screaming, it's time to karate chop something, and has the ninjas attack Barry instead. Leslie Nope joins Andy to try something new where she and April take over the show and turn it into a tribute to Andy DeWire instead. After a brief commercial break, Ron's inaudible commercial for his company, Very Good Building, Very good building company. and the Wanapoke Casino, uh, Leslie goes into Andy's history, starting with his p- fall into the pit. Andy hopes there is a pit in Washington, D.C. to fall into, and Ben and Leslie continue going through his career. They give him a day planner as a gift, which Andy promptly loses. <laughs> They bring Andy's friend, Lord Edgar Covington, onto the show to knight Andy, which Covington can only do because the Queen of England just lets him do whatever he wants. <laughs> uh, ben gets excited and is also knighted by Covington, quoting Game of Thrones. <laughs> Lannisters. Second Dreamcaster. <laughs> Once again, we take a brief commercial break with advertisements from Punch Burger and Mousetrap. When they return, Leslie brings up how Andy failed to become a real police officer, but managed to create Burt Macklin, calling Macklin one of Andy's greatest creations. 
Randy Kilnoy is an officer from the Pawnee Police Department, gives Andy an honorary badge in the shadow box, box that Ron created, which Andy probably braced to access the badge. <laughs> Andy attempts to take the officer's handcuff, but they steer the show back, back on track. Sending Andy to Ben in order to solve the mystery of the stolen guitar, it turns out that John Cena <laughs> stole the guitar, and Andy geeks out over his cameo. <laughs> That's so funny, too. It gets so super excited. <laughs> so he's like, I thought I was here for a kid. <laughs> um, as it turns out, Andy swapped the Lost Day planner for Randy's handcuffs, and he arrests John Cena and brings him over the dunk tank. Leslie announces that Pawnee will keep a Johnny Karate costume in honor of the show that Andy created, but while Donna and Ron perform a jazz rendition of Kung Fu Fighting, April looks uncomfortable. After another commercial break, Andy gives his thanks to everyone who worked on the show. He attempts to bring April in to do something nice for her, but she flees the studio and Andy chases after her. April doesn't want to be the reason that Andy stops doing what he loves, but he tells her how important she is to him and that they'll figure things out. Considering this is a good deed, Andy sings his farewell song to send off Johnny Karate. The tarantula ends up on the edge of the tank and April activates the drop set, dunking John Cena into the tank. <laughs> Now, the reason I picked that one, like, I just think that's a really good episode. Like, just seeing how Andy has that childlike wonder yes. throughout the, the whole course of the show. Uh, even going so far as to play in with um, Diane's kids. Like, he's one of the yeah. kids. Ron feels like he's babysitting Andy because he wants to get away from the kids. That's where he chips his tooth. <laughs> yeah. <isn't it>? yeah. <laughs> so, like, even after a day of Andy, he feels like he needs to go back home to the kids. Right. To give Diane a break. Like, I, I just think that's cool. And just seeing... You know, right there where he's doing something nice for April. Like, seeing she's the reason that he's been doing everything. Right. I mean, you you see uh, the the relationship of, and how strong it is between April and Andy. That yeah. That is a damn good episode. I think that's just a very good payoff for those two characters. What was the one you've got You've got, you've got got tied in with it? <clears throat> the one tie, that ties in with it is um, very similar because it's a payoff to the characters. This one is Leslie and Ron. From the last season. It's on the list. It's on your list. It's on the list. Nice. Season 7, episode 4. Okay. Um, well, since that one is on both of our lists, I'll just jump right into the synopsis on this one. Um, we'll just kind of talk about what you like about it, if anything jumps out at you as I'm reading this. Uh, ben tricks Leslie and Ron into meeting him at the Parks and Recreation office to sign a document. April, Andy, Tom, and Donna, and Jerry are also there, supporting Ben's plan for Leslie and Ron to forget their differences and finally move on. Ben explains that once Leslie and Ron figure things out, they will call him through a baby monitor placed in the office. Otherwise, they will have to wait there until 8 a.m. of the next day without phones and inter internet connection or security for the doors to open automatically. So, like, throughout the course of the show, it's like you keep seeing, like, the time jump up. Yeah. Like, you know, as they're supposed to be working their differences out, which, you know, this, this episode, or this little bit more of a backstory here is this season starts off with what we were talking about. Like, why are these characters doing what they're doing? Right. The season starts off with Ron and Leslie at odds. Yeah. And you have no idea why until this episode. At 10.04 p.m., Leslie suggests that they call Ben with the baby monitor, monitor and pretend that they have reconciled. But they can't can't come to an agreement about what to tell Ben. She ultimately breaks the baby monitor, effectively locking them in the office until 8 a.m. 10.36 p.m., Leslie thinks they should use their time wisely and talk about their feelings, while Ron is adamant against doing so. 
Leslie uses several annoying tactics on Ron to get him to talk, dripping water on his face, covering him in post-it notes, etc. Finally, she finds one method that works. Playing Billy Joel's... (laughs) Playing Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire and singing made-up lyrics over the track. (laughs) In exchange for turning off the song, Ron agrees to speak to her for three minutes. 11.01 p.m. Leslie draws up a timeline of important events from their relationship and goes over them with Ron. The timeline starts with Leslie leaving the Parks Department for her National Park Service job. The next item on the timeline is Leslie hiring April three months later. Time is followed by Ron visiting Leslie, another three months later at her office. Just one week later, Leslie had found out that Ron had quit his job at the Parks Department and started his own company. Two months later, Ron's company had announced its plans to build a tall apartment complex next to Leslie's first park and tear down Anne's old house in the process. Wrapping up her summary of their relationship, Leslie announces that this was the start of their rivalry. Ron replies with a cryptic, that's not the whole story, leaving Leslie bewildered and desperate to find out the truth. However, Leslie's three minutes of a lot of time ends and Ron locks himself into the office after having made a key to his previous office. (laughs) 11.56 a.m. Ron walks into the conference room to find Leslie is neck deep in research to figure out the true reason of the fallout. Leslie is convinced that the clue to the mystery lies in her first job interview with Ron. Although they share a conversation about their past, Ron is not ready to talk and pulls the fire alarm to, av- to avoid confrontation. However, he finds out that the alarm has been disconnected from the fire station and only has the ability to set off the sprinklers, leaving them both sopping wet. <laughs> Do you remember why I was disconnected from the fire department? People kept pulling it. Yep. <laughs> People kept pulling it. <laughs> Uh, three. These are the longest synopsises ever. I'm well, sitting there going, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's scene to scene to scene, which I mean, it's a good synopsis. Yeah, this is this is how it was broken up. They actually had an end time increment. So, wow. Uh, there's only two more left. Three thirty-seven a.m. After changing from their wet clothes, Ron and Leslie sit down and open a bottle of scotch. Ron starts to talk. He explains that as Jerry and April left to work for Leslie, and Tom and Donna left to run their own businesses, he didn't recognize anyone at the park parks department anymore this hits him harder than he thought and so despite his deep hatred for government and socialism ron makes a conscious decision to ask leslie for a job under the federal government he had gone to visit her at her office and they had made plans to have lunch the next day where he would have asked her for that job however leslie's now busy schedule caused her forget the plans and she had accidentally stood him up for lunch leslie is horrified to find out about this and apologizes to ron Ron reassures her that it wasn't entirely her fault and tells her that he regrets being petty and bitter about it afterwards, and they eventually make up. 8 a.m. finally rolls around. Ben, Tom, April, Andy, Jerry, Donna, and Craig return to the office to find drunk Leslie and Ron dancing and playing the saxophone to We Didn't Start a Fire, with the office furniture rearranged to the way it was and everyone was used to five years ago. Later, Ron offers Leslie a peace offering, which was a photo of the two of them encapsulated in a frame made from the wood from Anne's house as they eventually leave together to have lunch. Yeah, I mean, everything's in there. Yeah, that, I mean, I know that's a long synopsis of that episode, but if you had watched the, if you've been with this show and you, there's so many, there's so many callbacks. Right. In, in that episode. Um, so much, and you know, it's funny too, because not only are there callbacks between the show, there's crossovers. Yeah. Between. They're playing We Didn't Start a Fire. What do they sing to Ryan when he starts the fire? Right. Fired guy. <laughs> but um, 
And honestly, man, like, again, that payoff, like, I'm a big fan of payoff, continuity, anything like that. Absolutely. One of the main reasons that that makes my list is seeing, you know, yeah, friends, they have times where they hate each other. Right. Life happens. It's always good when people can come back together like that. And just the payoff where they go to have lunch and they go to eat breakfast food. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they go go to JJ's, don't they? Yeah. She's like... Why do people any, eat anything other than Ash. breakfast food? Yeah, exactly. Some people are just idiots. That line is flipped from the first time it's said. Wow, I never noticed that. Yeah. Because Ron asked, or Leslie asked Ron that. That's right. And then Ron asked Leslie in this episode. See, the reason it made my list is this is the most human side of Ron you yeah. see. Because you can tell he's genuinely hurt. And I mean, and you you know Ron cares for Leslie. You don't see it more definitively than you do here. Yeah. Um. And plus, Ron in a yellow tracksuit. I don't know why. <laughs> that that I mean that one gets me. Oh, there's another callback in that episode. There's a couple actually. Um, the security guard that comes in and he's cleaning in the next room and they try to get his attention. Shana- he's listening to Shania. He's still dancing to the Shania Twain. Yep. In that same scene, you can see question mark stickers around the office. They're the still stop, there. The stop ones, dude. They are so, like I've I've rewatched this. I've you know rewatched this, these seasons a lot. Like just let them play in the background and right. stuff. There's so many episodes that I've seen those damn stickers. That that's that's I've good. never noticed. Like you remember when Leslie gets recalled mm-hmm. and she's sitting there and she's eating the burger. Yeah, question marks on the trash can, right beside her. Is that a trash can? <laughs> that is true. I mean, I mean, that's what April said she was going to do. Yeah. She was going to put them on stop signs. Yeah. Well, apparently her is more than stop signs. <laughs> she no just decided to screw with everybody. So that is that is. I mean, that's on my list. Leslie and Ron, season seven, episode four. Did you have it higher on your list? Um, I didn't. I didn't uh, put these in right. order. Okay. I mean, honestly, by the way, I've got these. You know what? I'll say that is. Yeah, that, I'll say that's my number five. Okay. So what I did, I did this a little different because I mean we were doing this last night. I'm I'm gonna give you a line from the episode because I know you know these episodes as well as I do. Okay. And you're gonna tell me the name of the sh- you're gonna tell me the name of it. You're gonna tell me what episode. It yeah, is. I'm, I was like I have problems with the name of the episodes, but um. So we'll start with this one. No, it rubbed off from friction. <laughs> that would be Ron and Tammy Part Two. Ron is season three, episode four. Ron and Tammy Part Two. This is so weird. Like, is that your? That's my. Um, I'll, I'll make that my number four. That's your number four. That's my okay. Number well, four. that's so weird because um, that is my number one. Wow. Is it because of the whole thing with Ron and his real life wife? No. Mega Malala. The reason that is my banker episode. That's my first episode of Parks and Recreation I ever saw. Wow. That you know what handshake to you. So that's good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Um, I mean, and just my notes from this are Ron tried to make some, tries to make amends with his ex-wife. However, as the night goes along, he ends up with cornrows wearing a dirty kimono <laughs> and is missing part of his mustache that rubbed off from friction. Um, <laughs> I love Ben's reaction. <laughs> and, 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 and the video Rob made for himself where he obviously, he's like, no, somebody made this for you. That man's a liar. And like, he's so into Tammy at this point that. I mean, it, I can't even remember what it takes to get him out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's that's my number. I guess you know that would be my number four. Just and I almost put Ron and Tammy part one in with it too. Uh-huh. Um, but I mean, if, if it's your number one, you take the floor. You 
Well, I mean, you kind of say you kind of said a lot of it there. Um, let's see. I mean, you have a seven-page synopsis. <laughs> this man does his research. I do have a little bit more here, but um, <laughs> I'll make this personal. Kim, uh, Rob does his research. Sings how the other person that normally listens to these podcasts is doing the podcast. <laughs> Hi, Shane. <laughs> um. So, uh, do you just want me to read the synopsis for this one? Then? I mean, yeah, or, or what you liked about it, or or you know what have you? Okay, well, we'll just read the synopsis because it is my favorite, and everything is here that you know pretty much hits all the highlights. Sit down, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Ron's ex-wife continues her efforts to sabotage his life, but the normally successful Ron easily resists her seductions because he is now in a, in a solid relationship with Tom's ex-wife Wendy, much to Tom's jealousy. Later, however, Wendy and Ron break up and she announces she is moving back to Canada. Meanwhile, Leslie and the Parks Department throw a party for the Pawnee Police Department where they hope to ask them for to provide security for the upcoming Harvest Festival. During the party, Ben awkwardly fails to get Chief Trumple's favor. Tom, unaware of Ron and Wendy's breakup, arrives at the party with Tammy to make him jealous. <laughs> After bickering loudly, Ron and Tammy both decide... <laughs> After very loudly, Ron and Tammy both decide to leave the party together and talk about how to try to make amends. However, a night filled with drunken sex and mayhem ensues, ending with the two getting married and ending up in jail. After getting Ron... <laughs> They're both putting each other's hands down. <laughs> After getting Ron released, the parks, the parks Department holds an intervention for him about Tammy even playing a previously recorded tape of Ron warning himself to stay away <laughs> from her. Ron ignores the warning and prepares to take Tammy to his cabin for a sex-filled honeymoon <laughs> after her bridal shower. Leslie blames Tom for the dilemma, and although he initially claims to be unfazed, Tom later arrives at the bridal shower to stop Ron from going to the honeymoon. He reveals the whole marriage is a ploy by Tammy to once again make him miserable. Tammy attacks and mercilessly beats Tom, promoting Ron to remember what a monster she truly is and dumps her. (laughs) (laughs) He's attacking me, Ron! Kill him! (laughs) 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 He literally carries Tom away, and the two later make amends. Despite the bad impression that he made the day before, Ben asked Trumple for the Harvest Festival favor. The chief unconditionally agrees out of respect for Leslie, who he said always helps everyone. And because Leslie once dated his friend, Dave, Ben seems relieved that Leslie and Dave are no longer together, and he later asks Leslie out to eat. In the B story, April is working as Chris's assistant until he goes back to Indianapolis. April's cynical personality clashes with Chris's relentless optimism and happiness. In an attempt to get fired, April neglects to tell Anne that Chris cannot make a lunch date. When Anne arrives to confront Chris, she quickly realizes April's ploy. Anne reveals she is uh, very happily dating Chris and would even probably move with him to Indianapolis if asked. Andy, who is still trying to win back April's affection, gives Chris an obviously forged letter from the FBI claiming April must immediately (laughs) return to the parks department. Chris sees through the ruse and tells April she can go back, but that remaining his assistant may provide her with career opportunities. He invites her to return with him to Indianapolis, and she seems interested in leaving both Anne and Andy stunned and jealous. The main reason that's like my favorite episode, uh, like I said, that is the first one I saw. And I was watching it with her friend Jamie. And the scene with the mustache. Oh, it rubbed off. 
from friction. Jamie did his Jamie laugh. Oh, okay. I got you. <laughs> and I was like, dude, this is a funny show. Right. And like, it hooked me into it. And I was like, okay. Like, as soon as I watched the episode with him, as soon as I got home, I started watching the first season on Netflix. Wow. How long did it take you to go through the whole series? A couple of days. Um, I can't remember exactly. Like, I know, um, I think it was up until the first five seasons was on Netflix when I was watching it. Season six was currently airing. Okay. I got you. I got you. Hmm. All right. So, just like I did with the last one. And we'll, let's see, what number would this be? This would be number three. I mean, I mean this is easy. If you don't get this, I'm going to be upset. Leslie, I typed your symptoms into the thing up here. And it says you could have network connectivity <laughs> problems. That would be flu season. That, I mean, that's that's my number three. Because nice. there's so many lines from that episode that you, uh, you myself, and former podcaster Shane uh, throw around pretty regularly. Mainly me and you. Uh, Stop pooping is in there. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to, I mean, there's, let's see, um, let it fly is in there. <laughs> If I'm sick, could I do this? What are you doing? <laughs> Cartwheels, am I not doing them? I mean, there's just... Uh, the the entire... Oh, oh, gosh. How does it go? Um, oh, was I wearing a tiara when I come in here? Because if you happen upon it, would, would you have Lady Penny face retrieve it and send it post hint? <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that episode is when uh, Chris Traeger's talking about his body's like a chip, a microchip. Yeah. One grain of sand will ruin the whole thing. Mm. And, and just as awkward as can be, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm the chip too, a potato chip. And then the camera turns back, the B camera turns back to Chris Traeger. And he's just that motion, <laughs> just blank staring. Looks, I don't know who did Rob Lowe's makeup for mm. that. I mean, he looks like just fucking dead. He legitimately straight up looks like he's got the flu. Yeah. I'm way, like, I wouldn't be surprised if that was, you know, what happened is everybody got the flu and like, you know what? Fuck it. Episode. Uh, yeah. It could be. <laughs> Um, Leslie's hallucinations about, uh, (laughs) was this the one where there were crabs behind her? Um, Uh, I know the TR one was one. I know the, she's like, this, the room is rotated. Now the wall is the floor. It's just, I, was it on your list? Um, I don't think so. Actually, Mm, that hurts. Um, um, don't get me wrong. That's one of those. It's, it's funny as all hell. Right. But no, I didn't. I didn't actually put that one on my list, but yeah, God, it does have a lot, because especially that joke, the internet connectivity yeah. problems, because that thing is, that is just so funny. Like, I, that was a legit belly laugh when yeah. I first heard that. And, and you find out the whole the whole line was improvised. Yeah. Um, like uh, Michael Schur. Yeah. He, plays Moe's. He loved the line, yeah. but he was he was very mad that it was improv instead of written in. <laughs> he was like, as a fan, I loved it. <laughs> He's like, as a writer, it made me feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> Um, also, this is kind of, I mean, this is right after, uh, Andy kissed Ann. Uh, and you, you watch April and Andy build up their relationship and you really think that, okay, well, Andy just screwed it and that's it. Um, but at the end, you know, April's still in the hospital. Andy comes in to visit and he kisses her and she pretends to be asleep. But the moment he looks away, she smiles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the very tail end, Chris tells Ben that they've been called back to Indianapolis for a new assignment, but both agree to seek an extension and stay in Pawnee a little bit longer. Although both claim they want to help organize the Harvest Festival, it's hinted that they really want to stay because of Leslie and Ann. So you see the two main female characters 
and arguably the two the two main male characters are, are finally getting together and this episode's more of a turning point as long as you know having the lines that we you know we repeat on almost a daily basis um but that is my number three anyways your what do you want how many episodes how many episodes you uh, have? Episode? remember we we had a little bit more had a few more episodes the fight actually did make my list the fight yeah it's the uh episode um season three ep- or season it's three, a- episode 13 13th episode, season three? Yeah, that's my number two. That's your number two? That's my number two. Okay. Yeah. Uh, basically, this episode, the Parks Department employees become very drunk <laughs> during a bar outing while Leslie and Anne have their first major fight. Meanwhile, Chris tells Tom that he must sell his shares of the bar due to a conflict with his government job. This episode has a lot of introductions. Yes. A lot of characters come into play that will become recurring characters in this show. It's the first time you see John Ralphio. Oh, yes. It's the first time you see Burt Macklin and Janet Snakehole. Wow, yeah, it is. Um, It's got some of the best jokes in that, like Andy talking about The Expendables being a bad movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, Ron dancing drunk. Dude, like, I love that because, like, you know, Donna is... The, when Donna is the level-headed one... That's an issue. Yeah. Where she's basically calling, um, what, what's the what's the the drink? Snake juice. Snake juice. This is basically rat poison. Yeah, <laughs> calling it basically rat poison. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, this one is also um, the first episode that introduces the douche. Yeah, because Anne's um, she's dating around, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, she's kind of dating everybody, and uh, Donna or uh, Leslie wants her to have you know a job with her, and she doesn't want to go to the interview in the morning because she's all out. You know, partying, having fun, all that good stuff. So if I would have looked at you and I would have just said Baba Booey, would you have gotten this one? Baba Booey? Yeah. Would you have guessed the fight? Uh, you know, it's, I don't remember that scene. Right after um, Donna calls it rat poison, it goes to just the quick clips of uh, Gary sitting there laughing into the camera and Burt Macklin is, guns and stuff, macaroni salad. He was singing. And then it cuts to Ben, and Ben is just shit faced, and he just right. ba booey and starts <laughs> laughing. And then it cuts to Ron's, which is my favorite one. And if 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 Steph's having a bad day, all I've got to do is find that clip and sh- and just have her watch it because he's got that little hat and it's just flopping on his head and he's dancing. And it gets her every time. You realize that's Janet Snakehole's hat, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yep. But yeah, I, I love that episode, man. That is just so funny. Like, I think one of my favorite parts about that episode is um, at the end, like the next morning when everybody's hungover <laughs> and like April comes back in and still wanting to be Janet Snakehole. Right. Andy's like, you know, it's the whole, oh my God, I'm so hungover. Oh, I don't want to do it. I love you, but I don't want to deal with yeah. this type of thing. And then like, it actually hurts her that she, he's not being the fun loving character that everybody knows he is. So he decides to play along. Right. First, he's like, Burt Macklin died after a 10 shot of snake hole juice. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, he decides to play along with a little bit. And, you know, she's, she, he makes sure that she goes away happy. Right. And then, as soon as he stands up, he just turns and pukes <laughs> on that dude's shoes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and the reason it's, it's on my, I mean, up there on my, like I said, it's my number two is, you know, 
Anne and Leslie, obviously, you know, the name of the episode is The Fight. Anne and Leslie get into their big fight about, you know, what uh, Anne's future is going to be. But Ben's the one that brings them to a resolution. Oh. Um, and that's, you know, Anne calls it so high school because Leslie doesn't know that Ben's over there. And, and then you find Ben finally realizes that Leslie likes him. Mm. And, you know, it's kind of the jumping off point to get them together and between the quick clips of everybody dancing and laughing and and finally Ben realizing I mean that's that's why it's my number two and John Ralphio that can't rap or that can't rhyme um that one's played out by us a lot is he your favorite supporting cast member or secondary no. cast no really no hmm who's your favorite you just got jammed I you know I should have known that <laughs> I should have known that. Councilman Jam, because he's just, he's a stupid dickhead. <laughs> and it just, and God, here's where I'm going to make myself sound dumb. It reminds me of me. And you know what? I can see why that's your favorite guy. <laughs> Copy that, brother. Dude, my favorite moment with him is when he has her, I can't remember exactly the episode, but when he's doing the argument and he literally has the chess pieces there and he's like, <laughs> checkmate. And he knocks the chess pieces over. She's like, did you just bring those to do that? And he just shrugs like, well, what if I did? Yeah. And he, yeah. he does not care. <laughs> the the one that always gets me is they're at the Harvest. I think it's the Harvest Festival. Um, the You know, all the concerts. And Jam walks up and he's like, this party blows. <laughs> yeah. You guys ever heard of Warrant? Oh, yeah. We got their cover band called Cherry Pie. <laughs> it's going to be rocking tonight. And Leslie goes to say something. He's like, no, 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 no. Rock and roll. Yeah. Poison. And that fucking gets me enough to where I wanted to put it every time I got a text, but you would yell at me because I'd get text. I would text myself just to hear it more. I, and he's got the basketball goal set up and you just hear him going bank and throws it and it hits like five feet over and just ricochets <laughs> off. And he's like, goals on level. <laughs> Councilman. Oh my God. The putt putt scene. Or he puts that one, he's like, ah, yeah, I could be pro. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for Jam, it'd definitely be John Ralphio. I need a uh, the scene you're talking about where he's like, Bank, I need that with a see you on the flippity flip. <laughs> I, need, I need Michael Scott. Oh, my God. And we need Michael Scott. and Jam to play basketball together. Well, see, and what was it? Um, John Glazer Loves Gear. Mm-hmm. You hated that show i didn't hate it well no you saw that you saw that one commercial and he kept screaming gear uh-huh. and you're like why do you like this so much it's like that's councilman jam and then you took one look and you're like yeah it is <laughs> that's such a funny ass show too anyways fight was yours you got to do another one actually the fight was mine yeah wasn't the fight on yours yeah that's right because i'm only down to i'm only down to my number one you're down to your number one yeah okay uh my number three little sebastian <sighs> miss him in the satisfaction <laughs> that episode is just so good dude is this wait okay little is he is, does he die in this one uh yeah this is the death the death episode oh my god yeah they ran out of propane and got lighter fluid yeah <laughs> dude ron loses his facial hair a lot in this show <laughs> he does from either friction or just bad eternal flames <laughs> So yeah, um, Little Sebastian, here's the synopsis for this episode. Leslie announces Little Sebastian, Pawnee's beloved celebrity mini horse, has died and the Parks Department will hold a memorial service for him. Tom suggests they hire Entertainment 720 for the event 
a production company recently started by him and his friend John Ralphio. <laughs> John Ralphio encourages Tom to come to work with him, but Tom is reluctant to leave his city hall job. Meanwhile, the extremely health-conscious Chris finds out he has tendonitis and takes the news so seriously that he questions his own mortality. <laughs> Leslie and Ben continue their romance despite a no-dating policy at City Hall, but this has been difficult keeping it a secret. Ron finds out about it and warns them that Chris will fire them if he learns about it. As the city prepares for the memorial service, Leslie and Ben are caught making out by a maintenance officer named George. So they send him home with the gift certificate in exchange for his silence. Unfortunately, George had the propane for Little Sebastian's eternal flame, which results in <laughs> later confusion behind the scenes that Leslie and Ben struggle to fix throughout the night. Jerry is sent to get propane for the flame, but buys lighter fluid instead. <laughs> this causes a huge fireball to shoot it into the air when Ron lights it, <laughs> which sends off his eyebrows. It's, just, <laughs> it's the look that they're just standing there, and this fucking big-ass fireball just goes over his head, and he stands there and just complete bewilder. Sorry, continue. No, you're good. It's like, it's so funny because not only is it his eyebrows, but it's like part of his mustache and his <laughs> hair. Right. His, his, his hairline. Oh. Um, Les Leslie and Ben are relieved, however, when the crowd applauds in the belief that the fireball was staged. Oh, yeah, that was real. We meant to do all that. <laughs> Entertainment 720 show also proves to be a hit with the crowd, which makes Tom further contemplate quitting his job. Um, I love that, too, because isn't that the episode where uh, you have one of John Ralphio's other quotes where he's like, I hope you guys are ready for this because your eyes are about to piss tears. <laughs> you are nasty. <laughs> I love Donna. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the party afterwards, Andy receives praise for his little Sebastian tribute song, 5,000 Candles in the Wind. Mm. April sells many mouse rat CDs at an inflated price, which spurs Andy to ask her to become the group's manager. Uh, indirectly responsible for nearly, nearly killing Ron, Leslie and Ben agreed to no more secret displays of affection at work. Anne, who previously dated Chris and had trouble getting over him, offers comfort to Chris for his own depression. This makes him appear romantically interested in Anne once again. A conflicted Tom decides to resign and accept a job with Entertainment 720. Meanwhile, Ron is confronted by his evil ex-wife Tammy at the party. But both Ron and Tammy are horrified to learn that his other ex-wife, also named Tammy, who he calls Tammy One, has also arrived in town. Leslie is approached by the scouts looking for potential candidates for elected office, which has always been one of her dreams. Impressed by the memorial service and the Harvest Festival, Leslie previously organized they believe she would be a good candidate for the oncoming city council or possibly a mayor position. With the expected increased media attention on her personal life, the scouts ask Leslie if she has any secrets or scandals in her life. She denies that any such scandals exist, thus cementing her relationship with Ben. And the scouts promise to contact her about electoral run. Is that the is that a season finale? I feel like it is. Uh you know, it's funny because um I think you I think you actually might be right. I didn't write that down, but it was kind of a big episode. Yeah. <laughs> because it ends on a lot of, a couple cliffhangers actually. Yeah. Um that's a it's just such a funny ep or it's just such a good episode like the whole being not understanding. Yeah. Little Sebastian <laughs> like from day one. There's just a tiny horse, and you can't just run. What did you just say? <laughs> like when he comes in, and he's like, talking about <laughs> the flag. I was laughing at a minute ago. <laughs> I just love when he's talking yes. about that. another bureaucrat did it. And then I found out it was little Sebastian. Flag's too damn high. Show some <laughs> respect. 
<laughs> I just love that. Like, you know, Andy's trying to come up with the perfect song, and <laughs> Leslie's like, I need something like, can't, uh, what is it? Can't, uh, Candles in the Wind. Five. I think it's just candle. a candle in the wind. Yes. Yeah, she's like, I need something better than the candle in the wind. Like, 5,000 times better than candle in the wind. And Andy's like, I got this. Okay. <laughs> 5,000 candles in the wind. <laughs> I I really I mean it's like you said earlier about Ron and and Andy without either one of them that show's not nearly as funny almost oh, yeah. borderline to the point I don't know if I'd watch it. Well, I was talking like you know um, the fight you start getting the characters introduced that start coming back into play. Yeah, this is like you know John Ralphio was in that episode, but I really feel like this is the episode where he starts ste- uh, stepping out. I'm really starting to think our number one is going to be the same. And I, I before we start recording, I told you I didn't think we'd have any on the same list. Um, I'm really so starting to think. I have two left. I only have one. So go ahead and roll your number two. Roll your beautiful bean footage. Wait, no, no, I don't. Because, um, yeah, I only have one left. Okay. Because uh, Tammy... Um, That's right, you're Tammy um, one and two. Yeah. Okay, so I guess my number two is uh, Andy and April's Fancy Party. So that's your number one? It's not my number one. Okay. Not my number one. But that was... If I would have went seven episodes, it's that it'd been April and Andy's fancy dinner party. Mm-hmm. Um, I love April and Andy. Yeah, I mean, it, he even says during the toast, "I cannot emphasize how little we've thought about this." <laughs> and I'm sitting here going, "Yeah, you haven't thought about it at all. You're wearing a Reggie Wayne jersey, and you find out right before the wedding that her middle name is Louise." <laughs> and, and I mean, and Leslie's justified by thinking, you know, it's not going to last, but God, it's such a good, that's sorry. It's not my pick. It's your pick. You no, talk. you're good, man. You, you read your eight page synopsis. I got the, I'll just read the, uh, the notes from NBC here. Um, in this episode, April and Andy hold a dinner party, which turns out to be a surprise wedding, much to Leslie's concern. Meanwhile, Ben mulls whether to remain in Pawnee or return to his old job in Indianapolis. And Anne feels extremely uncomfortable while attending the singles mixer. The wedding between April and Andy was the culmination of a romantic subplot between the two characters that began in the second season episode, Hunting Trip. So that's kind of funny. That one was on my list, as honorable mention, and it ties into my list. Uh, uh, yeah, I will. Huh. Like, I don't know if you know this or not, but um, the Parks and Recreation staff tried to keep the wedding secret a, a surprise to, you know, basically throw off everybody. Uh, but NBC accidentally ran a commercial advertising the wedding two months earlier after an episode, after the episode Ron and Tammy Part 2. Wow. Yeah. Uh, series co-creator Michael Schur initially said that the promo was meant to refer to Ron and his ex-wife Tammy, but lately admitted it was an error. Basically, they were trying to cover it up. Holy shit. Yeah, because that was the, you know, they did not want that getting out. Right. That is that is a good episode. Uh, that is a great episode because I can't emphasize how little they've thought about it. <laughs> it's kind of like this list. What? <laughs> it's kind of like this list we made. I, I thought about mine. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> did you think about it? Well, you, you printed Wikipedia. <laughs> you clicked five different episodes and went, here, I don't need as much printer ink as I had earlier. <laughs> I think it's so funny, too, in that episode where Tom tries to be the best man because he's never been a best man. <laughs> and Andy's like, yeah, man, you can be my best man. And then he starts going around and, like, letting everybody else be the best man. Right. So he's like, well, I had to do something to really stand out as the best man. <laughs> and then what is it? April's mom gives a speech or grandmother gives a speech. Grandmother gives a speech. And he's like, well, 
nobody can top that. <laughs> and like pretty much shuts Tom down so he doesn't even get to be best man again. Well, he does the, um, are there any strippers here? Like during, when they try to, he tries to bring in like an eight minute bachelor party. Mm-hmm. There's any strippers here? Any professional dancers? Any women that like to dance and are feeling kind of drunk? And like he just keeps rattling them off. It's like the wedding is starting now. Just <laughs> stop. <laughs> so, huh. Number one. Yeah, that brings us to you. Gotta, you got to wrap this one up. Well, you haven't done your number one. Yeah. That was your number one. That was my number two. Number one we shared, remember? That's right. Your number one was... Um, uh, Ron and Tammy part two. Yeah. All right. So I'm, I'm going to give you a line. Okay. See if, it was a friendship so grand that it takes 103 scrapbooks to capture it. Mm, can't remember the episode title. Uh, it was season six, episode 12, Chris and Ann. Chris and Ann. Really? It's when they leave to go to Ann Arbor. Really? That's your favorite? That's my favorite episode. Why is that one your favorite? I'm going to go back to Scott's Tots in the last episode uh-huh. for cringeworthy. This isn't cringeworthy. The, the, the whole, you know, the, the premise of the episode is Chris and Anne are moving away. Mm-hmm. Um, Anne throws, or Leslie throws a huge party that has all the holidays for a year and uh-huh. one big thing. Um the guys get a going away present for Chris. Chris gives them a more thoughtful present. I think um, Andy and Ben and all of them, they I think they give him a um, gift certificate for like pots and pans. <laughs> and Chris gives them a well thought out. Like he gives Ron a bronzed hamburger and he gives Ben the 2008 Indiana spreadsheets. It's framed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get that and then they feel terrible about theirs. So they make the shadow box or a buddy box as they call it. Um, but at the end, Leslie leans in, gives her a, uh, gives Anne a CD. It's just a mixtape of all their favorite songs. A lot of Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. <laughs> um, she turns around and just for a half a second, it's not Leslie. It's Amy Poehler. And you can see she's sad. I mean, legit sad. And. <sighs> I mean, it goes back to the finale of, of The Office in the last episode. It made me feel good. It was how both characters, Chris and Anne, who I really didn't think were going to be there that long. I uh-huh. mean, Anne was in the first episode. Chris showed up, what, uh, season two? Yeah. Uh, I think they're at the end of, end of season two. When yeah. They, because they come into they, the two the two cowboys ride into town is how yeah. it says season three. Um, Rob Lowe, this is probably my favorite thing he's ever done. Mm-hmm. Um it's real with Rashida Jones. It's, it's well up there. Um, I just, I love how their arc ended together, but I mean, that's easily hands down my favorite episode by far. Yeah, just so, wouldn't, wouldn't expect that to be your number one for some reason. What'd you think my number one was going to be? I don't know. I thought it would be something ridiculous and not like, like that's almost to the level of, um, goodbye, Michael. Yeah. Cause it's a shift change. Yeah. Did you think it was going to be the one? Is that shrimp? And just smack and what John Ralph is. <laughs> is that shrimp? Just I just figured shrimp. your favorite episode would be like everything of John Ralphio just edited together as one episode. <laughs> I got a twenty two minute clip show of John Ralphio and Councilman Jam. It was never aired, but that's my favorite. Can we episode. just have that spin off? Oh my god. <laughs> they call it John Ralphio Jammed or John Jammed. No, that was a CD they did in the nineties that had stadium music in it. No, that was Jock Jams. No, that was a video no, that's Toe Jam. In our <clears throat> we're so, off subject. Yeah, we are. Okay, so just like we did for our um, office episode, we decided to look to see how many episodes of Parson Recreation there were total. 
Looks like we had 125 episodes out of seven seasons. Yes, sir. So, if you add up all the episodes we talked about, there were 11 total, if you count my honorable mention. If you remove that one, we'd, again, have a solid 10. I mean, it's beautifully done. So Beautifully done. I, I think, don't see any websites doing better than us. <laughs> I, uh, well, maybe. <laughs> Let me have more traffic. <laughs> Whatever. But, um... I think that's really cool that we were able to do both um, The Office and Parks and Recreation yeah. as a solid 10 a solid favorite 10. shows. No arguments, no nothing. So that's uh, very interesting, especially for to be the shows that I didn't think that you would get into. Right. I think that's really cool that we kind of share a lot of common ground. That's what three out of both shows is 326 episodes. Yeah. And we pretty much walked the same path yeah. of top 10. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've let those series play. Like, again, that's my background noise. That's my comfort show. It's like, that's my familiar voices that I hear on a daily basis. You and the old co-host, I remember you guys fought all the time. <laughs> not with the new, not with me, not with the new, 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 new co-host. So I just spiked, look at that, I spiked the computer so bad. <laughs> so yeah, I figured that would be kind of a fun project to, um, for us to do until yeah. um, somebody decides to return to the show. I mean, yeah, I mean, because you can't catch somebody at the movies when they're not even in the county. That's true. Huh. But, so yeah, I hope you guys kind of enjoyed this uh, kind of walk back through the office, partial recreation, last two episodes we decided to do here. Again, this was supposed to be one episode, but it turned into two. But if you guys are a fan of Parks and Recreation, fan of The Office, I hope you guys really enjoyed these two episodes. Because they're better. <laughs> I guess uh, for this week's episode, I've been Rob. I'm still the champ. And I guess we will see you in Pawnee. Up in horsey heaven, here's a thing. You trade your legs for angels' wings. Once we've all said goodbye You take a running leap and you learn to fly Bye, bye, little Sebastian Miss you in the saddest fashion Bye, bye, little Sebastian Hello again, the Bullshit Pig Americans. This is Boris Petrov, and because of laughable security, I've hacked another episode of Real Talk with Robert and some other guy. Shanathan, I've given you ample times to send $20 money order to get rid of this new person. And you've yet to respond. That's amazing. Are you attempting to counter-hack me? Because the joke's on you, Shanathan. I don't have Bullshit American podcast that you can hack, and I don't even think you know how. Because you're an asshole. This is your last chance, smarty man. $20 money order that I can actually cash and won't bounce for me to get rid of champion person. I do not have all day, but technically I do. Tick tock, Shanathan.